God is my provider. And if I'm willing to hold on in the storm, he'll make a way where there seemeth to be no way. And we won't take any substitute. Because that's a world throne with the world today. They're looking for substitutes and side roads. And it gets them in a bigger mess. But I thank God for the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. So, showing our faith. Oh, boy. Man, what a title. <laughs> showing our faith. And so, we know the character, amen, of this is going to be Noah. And of his day, of his time. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. It may not go in a lot of depth as far as a lot of scriptures. But it's, 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 it's plain to us the spiritual condition of his generation. Uh, I've heard people make the statement. I said, man, if this thing keeps on, that God's going to have to raise up that generation. Apologize to him. I beg the difference with you. Let's look at the scriptures closely. I know we're in a wicked hour. I know there's a lot of wickedness and evilness that's going on false doctrines false teachers Peter warned us of that Paul warned us of that and they're coming and so it's so important to have a genuine love for truth have a real passion God I want to know you I don't want to know you as just as a spare tire I don't want to know you in just some far off but God to know you in a depthness to know you in a power to know you in a way a man and an experience. And that's what Pentecost is. Pentecost, you know, a lot of times they say that, well, he's Pentecost. But, but Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost is an experience. There's a difference. There is a difference. And thank God for the experience that we can have in this God for ourselves. You know, the, the statement's made a lot of times a personal Savior. That is a true statement. He has got to become your personal Savior. There's only one that can save us, only one name that's been given under heaven whereby we must be saved. We know that, don't we? Amen. And so we got to know this name, but we got to know the God of this name. It can't just be a name that we mention. You know, I know Mr. Donald Trump by his name, but I don't know him on a personal basis. If he walked in here, he wouldn't have a clue who I am. Jesus does. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? Watch this. I can witness when the presence of God shows up. I can witness when my heavenly father moves. I can witness when I feel that witness saying, hey, this is God's heartbeat here now. This is the direction. This is what God. We, we can witness with that. We can bear testimony with that. And so, so even as we watch this unfold here today and begin to, to play out, and uh, I probably, I'm not going to probably be lengthy, I don't think. We'll see. Uh, but, but Lord, help me. I want us to be effective because... Uh, this, this really will help prepare us uh, of the world that we're living in today. I, I, I'm, I'm not one of the guys, I'm not a gloom, you know, down, but, but I'm going to tell you something. If you expect this world to get better, I don't care who, who we vote in, and I'm not politicking here this morning. I'm just simply telling you the Word of God's right. And, and Paul said men are going to wax worse and worse, okay? I mean, he said there's going to be troubled times. There's going to be hard times, difficult times. Nothing's going to change that. The world that we're in, amen, the, the, the situations we got to deal with and, and become a part of. But, but, but you know what? That's what makes us the candle. That's what puts us the city on the hill. That's what separates us, amen, amen, because we become that light, we become that hope, amen, we become that, that anchor sometimes, and that, that line, you know, in, in troubled times, hallelujah, now's not the time to get washed aside, now's not the time to be pulled, and so the writer in this 13th chapter of Hebrews, and, and that's where the focus verse is coming from, and you'll see, for God places his favor upon those who live out their faith, you can't just know it to do good and, and, and do it. You've got to do it. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to commit sin. Sin simply means missing the mark. What is the mark? Eternal life. The inheritance that was given to Jesus Christ and that you and I become a man. That's what he calls us in one place as brethren. We, begin, we, we, we get to enjoy a part of that and, and be called into that through Jesus Christ. That's the reason he's the door. That's the reason he's the only name. That's the reason he's the only savior. That's the reason the Islamic bunch. And I, I told some of them this weekend as, as we stood there in that hospital, I looked at my two brothers and I said, I'm going to tell you something. Hallelujah. This Islamic 
Ron McMuckton, all this is trying to take over. He said, I'm not changing my mind. I said, there's only one Jesus. There's only one gospel. There's only one Savior. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to voice against it. And they can do what they want to about it. And they can call it what they want to. They can call it whatever they want to. But I'm here to tell you the word of God. I told them it's forever settled in heaven. And nobody or anybody cannot change it. And I'm not in the business of trying to change it. If anything needs to be changed, I need to be changed. I'm the man, the clay. He's the potter. I'm the one that's in need. I'm what Brother Ford said this morning. I'm the one that don't have it all together. I'm the one that don't understand it all. I'm not the one, amen, that's got all. No, but I know the one that has. So that's what you and I, we got we to gotta be that. We got to reach that point in place and stay with it. So Hebrews 13 and 16. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. You're going to notice in this particular chapter, forget not. Uh, it's going to be mentioned several times. <laughs> this is what you don't need to forget. You want to know God? Read this. You want to know about Jesus? Read about this. If you want to know how to be saved? Read this. Let this rule and reign over everything else. You're following somebody and all of a sudden they're not doing what's in this book? <laughs> then, then Paul himself, watch this. Paul said, follow me as what? As long as I follow Christ. That's our apostle that, that gave us that instructions. Jesus even told us, he said, hey, these are not my words, are my works. I'm just simply doing what the Father has told me to do. Talking about God as a spirit. That, that, that without measure that was in him. And so you and I have to do the same thing. Hey, this is more important what you think in the world we're living in. Because people have forgot. They're kind of like the little German dogs in the service. <laughs> Amen. We come into that blind service, you know, they talk about, hey, but they forgot. Amen. When that cat went through there, hey, man, they forgot. Hallelujah. They, they went back to the old nature and went back to... Hallelujah. People forget and they go back to the old nature. And here's the problem with all that. It's one thing to go back to that old nature and still understand I'm lost. If I don't turn around, if I don't make a about face turn, I'm lost. But when you continue in that nature and you continue in that practice and you continue in that belief and still come to the conclusion or come to the place and I'm still saved. I'm still all right. I beg the difference with you. You and I don't have the power or the authority, amen, to overrule and overpower the written word of God. Amen. And everybody's going to have to give an account if you walked in a courtroom and you broke the laws because the law has been written and signed in, amen, because of who you are as an individual, don't give you the right to break the law in the lands as well as in the heavens. And we have to give account for that, don't we? And so that's the same way with this. As we watch some of this really begin to unfold. Uh, Hebrews 13 to 16. But to do, to do good and communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God... Is well pleased. Who are trying to please? We're trying to please God, aren't we? We're trying to please the Lord. We're trying to be what He desires us to be. And uh, thank God, thank God, He's the Potter, and we're the clay. Amen. And we're the hands of a long-suffering, and a merciful, and a very compassionate God. We we studied that last week. Amen. With Jonah. Amen. The compassion He showed in so many areas, right down to one. Amen. Or as many that was on the boat or even up to 60,000. Amen. He showed his compassion. Watch this. You know what? God's full of compassion. It doesn't matter if it's one individual or a whole city. Where you and I would maybe because of, of how many people it may involve may change our, 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 our way of looking at it. Our way of responding to it. Well, it's the truth. You know, how much sacrifice we make for one person? Or how much sacrifice we make for a thousand? God wrote himself in a, in a lamb that if only one individual would have believed in the gospel and been saved, he'd have paid the same price for the one as he would have the multitude. And so that's the reason you and I have to make this a personal thing. <laughs> Close to what you think. Because you're going to see in this generation that there was one man that found grace. One. Out of the then known world, one man found grace. And by this grace, he began to act upon 
the faith and the instructions of what God put into his heart and spoke to him. And so it's going to be a good lesson by the help of God. Uh, as you begin to look at it, I'm just going to go to Genesis. And most part, we're just going to use scripture here for the remainder of the, the lesson here today. And it came to pass when he began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. And, and there's a lot of questions, a lot of ideas and opinions. You know, who did Cain marry Abel and daughters? And, and, and let me tell you something. If you study the scripture close enough, they actually married a man within their own families. If you, you watch it now, when Moses came along, there were some things, some stipulations, some laws put down. And so marriage began to be divided out or separated. You couldn't marry your, your, you know, you couldn't marry your daughter. You couldn't marry, I think it's right down, maybe it's about the second cousin, something of that nature. I believe it's where the line, if you go through the process of it, a man that you're, you can, you, you have the right to marry a man but until that time such as Abraham the father of faith married his sister he did not lie he deceived them a man he was married to her but he he told her you know so they did deceive they they didn't tell the whole truth they just put it like they want to <laughs> we're all subject to do that sometimes <laughs> tell it like we want to tell it well, maybe it looks best or maybe who we want to look best <laughs> It just depends how it goes. And so Abraham, because of fear uh, of his life, he was afraid that, uh, you know, Sarah would cause them because of who they were and the type of people, a man, that they, they didn't believe. They believe in this one God, have no fear, so they would take his life. And so he said, yeah, you tell them that you're my sister. You know what? He was. Half-sister. She really was. So that may feel, some of you feel like you're grossing out a little bit, but you know what? When God's in it, God makes it all work. I know they tell us, yeah, you know, incest and all this other stuff. Get all these crazy folks and all this other stuff. Hallelujah. But it's not if God's in it. But if God's not in it, it doesn't matter how it lines up. Connect all the dots. Do all that you want to with man and with earth and the powers of the earth. But when God's not in it, it's to no avail. It won't work. God's got to be in it. And so here we, we realizing and seeing that uh, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair and too bad that they think the way we're still doing it. That's the way it ought to be. That's the way it should be. That's the way that God intended it. But what you're going to notice, even with this generation, where our generation is, is rapidly heading. And we'll see why. Amen. Some people don't realize the power, what we call lust, the power of craving things. But not only that, the vulnerability that we leave ourselves, our minds, our hearts, our ability to reason, our ability to grasp things of what we believe, the ability or, or the power of opinions. Amen. But whenever we leave ourselves unprotected from God, Amen. And to be a voice and a help that leaves us vulnerable to believe. Amen. And practice things. And if we're not careful, even God Himself can turn us over. Amen. To, to minds and, and, and spirits and attitudes that will we'll go from, uh, get involved in areas and in, in actions and deeds that's not natural. Now, we're going to talk about in a few minutes, and I probably won't spend all the time, but Romans, if you don't believe in what I'm telling you, mark down Romans, the first chapter. Go back and read that chapter in its total. You're going to see what's happening and even happened in America today. It should never go to the Supreme Courts. It should never have been an issue, amen, of same-sex marriage. They can say what they want to. They can call it a crime if they want to. They can call it what they want to. But by the Word of God, amen, hallelujah, it should never be. There is no such thing what God put together. God put one man with one woman. But you're seeing the power when you give yourself over to lust. You give yourself over, to, amen, to spirits and things of that nature that you'll reach a point and place in your life that you won't even do that which is natural amen but you'll start doing the unnatural thing and that's men with men women with women it's in there Romans the first chapter and so we're going to see even here amen as as, as we see the first layout as, as multiple uh, people and you're going to notice something else as long as they walked in their own abilities and their own powers of reasoning and never lifting their voices brother Ford mentioned about Seth and, and then they begin to 
call on the Lord again. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. As awesome and mighty as this God is, you've got to call on him. Ask and you shall receive. Hallelujah. And if it's according to his will, you can have it. You can have it. But I'm telling you to say amen. If it's ever been a generation that needs to turn from her wickedness and humbles herself and cry out and pray. He said, I'll heal your lands. But we must ask. We must cry out to him. We must. And so here, the Lord, the third verse gives us, he says, hey, my spirit, the breath of life, the soul. Adam was formed. I don't know if you had him standing or if he's laying. You said there's no life in him. I'm telling you, God, God can have him standing. I don't know. It's kind of like Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. Ezekiel found himself in a place, Lord, you know it. Because he done observed and he done looked at the condition, the situation, the scattered bones, how bleached they were, and how hopeless it really was. But he said, nevertheless, Lord, you know. <laughs> and he said, prophesy. And so, even with this first Adam, a man until he breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul, the breath of life, the part of that's going to live out in eternity somewhere. And so in this third verse of this particular chapter, he makes it clear unto us if he's observing and watching what's the trend and the direction of hum humankind. Amen. And what they're giving themselves over to. You remember something in the fall. Amen. Remember something. Remember what the devil told Eve. He said, you'll become as gods like us. What that simply is telling us, amen, in the time of innocence with Adam and Eve, there wasn't really a choice there, amen. The only choice there was one, amen, the time of innocence, there's one tree. If you just won't eat of this one tree, everything else is available. You won't know anything about shame. You don't know anything about nakedness. You don't know anything about grief. You don't know anything about sorrow. You don't know anything about dying. Those, they was fashioned and shaped and formed. Amen. But I don't believe they aged not one minute from that moment. Death, amen, didn't start on those physical bodies, amen, until the day that Eve took of that fruit and gave it to, to Adam, amen. But that moment, death began to take place. And the real death that took place, amen, was a separation from God. And as long as you and I are separated from God, there's going to be a certain amount of dying that's going to always take place. We're promised in the New Testament, amen, not renewing of the body, but we have a renewing of the mind. It's a spiritual thing. We're renewed by the presence of God and by the Word of God and joining together as we have here this morning. That's what renews our cope. That's what renews our energy. That's what kept, kept us focused, amen, in this journey of life. Amen, because why? We're looking for a city. Amen, we're looking for a place. We're looking for an hour and a time, amen, a glorified body that we want to to worry about any of that. No, there's sorrows or tears. But I'm telling you, there's a journey and a process. And so here we're noticing in this chapter, amen, a generation that's having an ability, amen, or giving themselves over to a direction in life. And so God promises in this third chapter, he says, my spirit's not going to always strive with man. I'm going to give him 120 years. I've said it many times. The dates on that tombstone are not important. It's that little line between them and the decisions and the choices that was made in that little line. That's what's going to be important. And everybody's going to have to give account for themselves. And so it goes from that. It begins to talk about how there was giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, where the sons of God came unto the daughters of men and and they bare children to them, and the same came mighty men, which were all men of the renown. And then it says, and God saw. Catch that verse. God saw. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every, every, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's all they ever thought about. The time they got up, they went to bed, and their dreams, it's all they was uh, pondering. It's all they was giving themselves to. It never crossed their minds. It never crossed their hearts that there was a God. Even the creation itself, as the psalmist has written unto us, let us know. The creation itself lets us know that there is a God. 
I listened to my niece this week, amen. She said, it blows my mind how that anybody in the medical field and the design of the body could not believe that there's not a God. The design of it and how it all balances out and works together. Uh, he said, you know, it, it took a designer. It took somebody, amen, to design it, amen, and to form it and to put it all into motion. It just wasn't something that happened by chance. It wasn't something that just evolved from slime and to, to monkeys and gorillas and then, you know, and, and then become this human being. I wonder what happened, amen, since we've been keeping time then. Why haven't we evolved from that? We are. There's coming a time, amen, that we are going to receive a body. A body that everybody's looking for. A body, amen, amen, that won't age. A body, amen, to reach that place of perfection. Whatever your idea is, perfection maybe, but whatever God's idea of a perfection is. <laughs> it probably won't be a Barbie doll or... What's the guy whose name we always pick on her? Jim or whatever his name is. I don't know. Ken, Ken, I'm sorry, Ken. <laughs> Praise God. You know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. God, you know what? We don't have to worry about. We don't have to worry about dress. We don't have to worry about nothing. He's got it all covered. He let us know. He let us know. And um, so is it, we're going to notice here what's happening, the place and the direction, what's going on. He said the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So let, let me give you my first little. I remember I was still at the Ingalls. I was still working at the shipyard. and. You know, you have people question you about things and all this other. And I was questioned several times why God destroyed the world during the time of Noah. And uh, why did he, you know, instead of, you know, showing maybe they felt like showing more mercy and grace and compassion. And instead of destroying all the then known world except for eight souls that Peter helped us to understand. Noah being the eighth soul. Amen. Saved by water. And so it just kept on. So I was just asking God and trying. And it finally came to me, amen, one day, just like a light, come on. You just heard that, that verse I read to you, and full of violence. What's taken its toll upon our country today? Why has this nation in the last 50 years at one time didn't bother to lock her doors? If, if you'd have told this nation some 50 or 60 years ago that, that we'll find a place that we'll wind up having cameras, not just on the outside now, but we got them on the inside of our houses. Amen. That we got bars and dead boats. What's a dead boat? Amen. Another step. Amen. For what? Protection against what? Violence. Violence has taken its toll upon our country and upon our surroundings. Amen. Many of them don't even realize what power and what spirit they're being, amen, pushed by. And, and you've heard the stories. You've heard, amen, encounters where people, amen, said, well, I, this voice told me to kill him. Even to the point place that God told me to kill him. I'm going to tell you something. God's not in the murdering business. God's not in the destruction business. God's, if anybody's in the business of reconciling and atoning, hallelujah amen to pick us up and turn us around if anybody was in the business that's the reason they was instead of Adam and even dying on that day hallelujah there was some animals that died on that day and they was covered to, they tried to cover themselves but I'll tell you something man can never cover him own self there's got to be a power there's got to be a blood that comes higher than we are there comes times in our lives I'm telling you all the earth and all its ability it's not enough there's got to be something that comes from above That's the same way with dealing with sin and the effects of it. It's going to take a God in our lives. It's going to take a Savior. It's going to take a great shepherd. It's going to take the Holy Ghost to lead us and comfort us and guide us. And as you watch this generation that we're living in today, if you have the Holy Ghost in this place this morning, you better cherish it. You better protect it. You better give heed to it. You make time for it. Man, I mean, you've seen the little signs in the Christmas time talking about making room in your heart for this God. Amen. We need to make room for the Holy Ghost to work in our lives. And, and the best part on a daily basis, because you don't know what tomorrow holds, but if you'll just walk with the Spirit, if you'll walk with God, He'll help you. And so, as we watch this, the writer talks about being corrupt. Amen. And so 
Corrupt field with violence in Genesis 11. It says the first of these expressions. Corrupt means, amen, moral or spiritual decay. Watch what happened. What took place in the garden? There was a spiritual death. They, they were was, they was driven out. They never had the opportunity to come and be in the presence of God. You never read. I'm not sure about Adam even. I'm not here to condemn them. I'm not here to judge them. I'm just simply telling you, we really don't want what's going to be the outcome of Adam and Eve. Scripture don't let us know. I know this much. He put cherubims, amen, that they couldn't eat, come and eat in the state they was in. They, they, he put cherubims that they couldn't come and eat of the tree of, of life now. See, a lot of people don't even pay no attention to that tree. See, there was two trees in the midst of that garden. One of them was a life, everlasting, amen. As long as they ate of that tree, those bodies never, never decayed. They never, they never seen anything about aging. They don't know anything about it. God provided the means. But you can't provide, amen, good without also giving the opportunity for bad. You can't have light without darkness. Well, what's this? Some people say there's no hell. If there's no hell, then there's no heaven. Can't have one without the other. Can't have love without hate. So here we are. It's all, it's a balance. Works hand in hand. The power of choice. And so we, we, we watch this as it begins to unfold. This, this spiritual decay. This corruptness. Begin to grip men. Begin to grip our, this, the, that generation. And driving them. Man, giving themselves to it. That was their imagination. That was on their hearts and on the, in their minds continually. This proverb talks about laying on the bed, thinking about what they could do in evilness and unrighteousness and ungodly manners and forms and fashion. That's the reason you and I, can I just be honest with this morning, the biggest battle, amen, for Christian, God-feeling, God-loving people is the battle against carnality carnal man, the old earthen vessel that we're in, that he won't rule and reign in our affairs and overcome us and overpower us. Amen. Pull aside down some side roads. Amen. But always, amen, to worship this God, serve this God, make whatever sacrifices to be pleasing unto him. Hallelujah. We don't have to be like everybody else. We're not a debtor to the flesh. Hallelujah. And I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm patriot. Amen. The lesson started out. Amen. About one of our patriots. Amen. And the sacrifice that he would make as a young man. Amen. Had to go Going to school and starting a school in the Revolutionary War, amen, how he was willing to pay and the regret even when he made a request for a clergyman in the Bible and they wouldn't let him have it. And he told them the only regret he had that he didn't have two lives to give for his country. And I understand that and I appreciate that. But I'm telling you what, this kingdom we're talking about, this life that we're talking about, it's bigger than even America. It's bigger than all the world. It's bigger than Israel. It's bigger than all of that, amen, the kingdom we're talking about is going to be an everlasting kingdom. You and I have got to sell out to it. And we've got to give ourselves to it to see it happen and see it take place. And so it reached the point in place. If you actually go to the sixth verse, the Bible says, It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. It grieved him. If you look at that word grieved, it means to be broken. It means to be crushed. You know, we know the foreknowledge. We understand that. But this God is also full of love, full of compassion. And, 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 and I've had some, you know, I had somebody here, it's been several months ago now, come to me. They, they had somebody, they was their leader, whatever. But anyway, it messed them up because they said to God, what an emotional God. And I understand, you got to watch this. God won't change the doctrine or the truth out of emotions. But to say he's not an emotional God, then tell me why Jesus wept just minutes before he raised Lazarus. Don't you tell me our emotions don't move our God. I'm telling you they do. But they cannot move in contrary to the book. It will move him to come to our aid. It will move him by faith, amen. A broken, contrite heart. We're going to talk about that Wednesday night because that's a part of Isaiah, the 66th chapter, the first verse. This is what he won't despise. Amen. This is what I'm moving. If this won't move him, then it wasn't his will. It wasn't his heartbeat. And that's when you got to just get back up like David did. Amen. And wash yourself and go back to the house of God and love and worshiping. No, hey, it's all in God's hand. Hello, there's some things that's in God's hand. It's not in yours. Amen. And the real test sometimes is how you respond to the Test. Knowing that this God is an all-loving God and a caring God. And He's got it. He's got it.
And so we see here that it, it repented God. It grieved him. Amen. It grieved him at his heart. Amen. Of creating man. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But thank God for the next verse. One of the most powerful verses, as far as I'm concerned, in the Bible. Man, the eighth verse. But Noah found grace. Grace, a man here, it's translated, it's a favor. And if you read your lesson, it, that's what it talked about. The favor of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. You don't earn salvation. Man, you don't, now, now, you don't listen to that doctrine out there that we're saved by grace. We can just live and do what we want to. Grace is going to save me. You know, don't you listen to that. Grace is what gives us the ability, amen, to live an overcoming life in this ungodly world that we're living in. That's what it does. Grace of God is what gives us the opportunity to, to be ushered into His presence and to hear His gospel. Amen. And then to have an ear to hear it and a heart to understand it and, and receive the power and the promises of it. It's this grace and mercy. And, and it, it, we need it often. Not just that initial. But how often we need it to walk with us. It's so here. Noah found grace. And as the lesson talks about faith, faith, it's an action. Now watch this. God didn't build the ark for him. God gave Noah some instructions of what to do. How to save you and your family out of this own world. And he moved upon him, gave him the instructions of an ark. Right type of wood, hey, I believe now. Go for wood. I don't believe any other would work. I believe he had to get to go for wood. Whatever, whatever task it took to get to go for wood. You know, we, we have been designed to believe that if God's in it, that it ought to just be without effort. An easy believing, uh, uh, saving God that don't require or demand anything. But I tell you what, read the book. He demands a lot, expects a lot. But he provides the means and the ways to do it when we stay sold out. And so, y'all weren't expecting this, was you? God's, God's the way maker. God's the strength. That's the reason you turn to him. That's the reason you cry out to him. And so when Noah found grace, he was willing to obey it. Peter called him a preacher of righteousness. He labored work. Watch this. The long suffering of God. If you put all the scriptures together, we believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 120 years that God patiently, watch him, patiently put up with the corruptness and the wickedness of that generation that one family, eight souls, could prepare and follow through with the instructions that God had gave him to build an ark. My wife and I went and saw that ark that they built up in Kentucky. It will surprise you, it will shock you. Amen. I don't know where they got all their information and how they... they you know, they've done it as much as they could according to the Word of God, but there are some, some things in there that, man, the Scripture don't bring out as, in, in detail as, as they had, such as the children. Amen. They talked about different one of the sons being experts with woodmen, woodmen uh, with wood, and others was experts with a metal. Talked about how some of the wives, amen, that uh, how they they had to doing the study, amen, that they knew all about animals. It was almost like a veterinarian, amen, how to tend to them, how to protect them, how to how to provide for them. You'd been surprised if you'd watched the procedures, amen, of of the cleaning up, amen. We all think you know it was a stinky place and filthy place, but you know what? When God does something, He can do things in a way it wasn't so stinky Hello, there is a limit you know I mean everything don't have to be full of stink and, and things of that nature I'm telling you there's a sweet smell there's a sweet aroma I mean this God amen don't even want us to have dead flies in the apothecary Hello, you don't want us to have dead flies in our heart that's the reason brother Grant told us amen as Holy Ghost filled people we never have a right to be nasty because that's not true in what we are 
Because there's a spirit, there is a kingdom that's in us. Hallelujah, that helps us overcome and be victorious and walk in the power and the demonstration of His love and grace and mercy. That in those trying times, amen, we can be gentle and we can be long-suffering and we can be kind. If I've ever prayed the prayer, amen, God, you help me be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove in the last two and three weeks. Hallelujah, I'm telling you, it, it came often all through the day. God, you help me be wise as a serpent but harmless as a dove. You help me walk in the way that you'd have me to walk. You help me, God, to represent you. Hallelujah, I'm telling you, that comes some trying times. It's going to take God to gird us up. It's going to take God to comfort us. It's going to take God to help us. Amen. That we handle this thing right. So Noah found himself. Man being mocked, being ridiculed. Because why? The message was God's going to send judgment because it's going to rain. Rain? What's that? They'd never seen a cloud in all their days. They never heard thundering in all their days. They didn't know anything about lightning. And they sure didn't know anything about rain. The Bible says that from beneath, He watered and provided. See, God knew the ending from the beginning. And so now Noah preaching, amen, what's going to take place and what's going to happen. Because you got to, you got to understand as they, they watched him begin to build that ark and begin to put it in place. And no doubt they begin to question, why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? Uh, I, I shared this with some, amen, I think Brother Brandon, Sister Mayo, maybe some others. Uh, I've built ships, been a part of it. And that center, most of the time, most ships, if they got a rudder on them, it's right down the middle. You don't have two or three of them. But the ark had three. Had one right down the center and two on each side. And so he's questioned about, why in the world you got three rudders on it? He says, because when God gets through with judgment and gets through with the flood and he sets that ark down, he don't want it set on one side. He doesn't want us cast two and four and being one sided. Oh, I know the spiritual world and the world that we're living in, the society we're living in, we're living in, amen. It, it, it has its tendency at times. But oh, by the help of God, by the gospel, and by the word of God that's anchored into our hearts and our minds and in our spirit, it'll bring us back. It'll set us back upright. It'll get us back on that pathway. I'm telling you, God's in the saving business. When you set out to him, that's a reason, amen, you can be in the, in the attitude and the spirit, amen, that you don't have to worry about being lost. But you can't just go down any road and live any old life and give yourself over to any spirit. But if you hear his voice and hold on, I'm telling you, this God will see you through. So the generation that he dealt with, the, the, the destruction, the power of it, the corruptness of it. Amen. And so now, if God, if, if God hadn't moved, if, if Noah hadn't found grace through violence, he would have self-destruct, destroyed one another. You wouldn't know this world today like we know it. You wouldn't be able to experience what you're experiencing here this morning. You'd have never had a part Amen, if God hadn't stepped in and let a man by the name of Noah find grace. You know why America is as powerful as she is and blessed as she is? Because she was known as a Christian nation and she wasn't ashamed to be that. Because we had generals and presidents in all of their speeches. They quoted the Bible. They read the Bible. Because we had generals, amen, before they made decisions to cross over rivers and places like that. You'd find them down in the snow on their knees. Tears running down. Amen. And even in froze in their, in, their, in their beards and faces crying out to God for help us. Help us. America hadn't got here by herself. Amen. There's been a God that's been working with us. Neither you and I have got here by ourselves. No, there's a God. I tell people, amen, when they question where was God at when certain events happen, I tell them, well, you just tell God to take his hands off of you. You just tell God, amen, to just no, have nothing else to do. You just leave you alone, amen, and just let you handle this all by yourself. And see, that's what happened, amen, here. They didn't want God. They didn't cry out to him, amen. They didn't want God to, uh, uh, to be a part of their lives. And this is where it led them to a place, amen, amen, of so much wicked and vileness. And I know my time's running out, so. So when you start going to this 13th chapter of Hebrews and you begin to, and this kind of, you know, this is the last, last chapter of Hebrews. And we've been really focused on Hebrews. This, this whole, last special, the last, you know, we got a better high priest. We got a better lamb. We got a, 
better, better news. And, and so it's all just, it's working together. It's working, just coming together now. And so the last chapter, amen, after we're done left the hall of faith and we got this great cloud of witnesses, amen, that's run the race, that's fought the battles. We got this, we got those, amen, that didn't receive promises and didn't receive, amen, things, but they, they, they had the report, amen, of faith, a good report of faith. Just because they didn't see this one resurrected or that prayer answered, they held on. Why? Because they could have considered themselves nothing but pilgrims. Considered themselves, hey, this is not our home. This is not where we've come to boat. We're not looking for that city, amen, in this world. But we're looking for a city. We're looking for a place. And so the 13th chapter picks up and it begins to talk to the believers and those and gives us instructions of how, how to conduct ourselves and how to handle ourselves. In the world that you and I in, now let me I'm about, let me say this. If you think I'm kidding you about the generation that we're headed into and the hours we're living into, Jesus Christ Himself. If you don't believe me, you take Jesus' word. He said, Amen, it is going to come as in the days of Noah, in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men's going to wax worse and worse. They're going to get so wicked and vile. Amen. If you, you've read the news, if you've heard any news, you can tell it don't take a whole lot. Amen. To realize the world and the direction of this world and the wickedness and the vileness of this world. What happens, amen, to humanity and the, the direction they're taking. So, so let's don't, you know, put our heads in the sand. Amen. If it's ever been a generation that needs to get the head up out of the sand. Amen. And get it above the clouds and say, hey, there is a God. I'm not a fool. I believe there is a God. And I believe he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. I believe I got a high priest, amen, that's interceded for me right now. Come on, back up in Hebrews. I believe there is a lamb, amen. I can't say myself, but there's a lamb, amen. There's a blood that can wash me. There's a name that I can take on. There's an experience that I can have in this God. And so after that brings us to this final chapter. Let brotherly love continue. It needs to be a fixed practice. It needs to be something, amen, that, that you, you, you never fail in. Huh. Think about that one. I sure wish I could say I made a hundred. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't even know if I make a good 30. Next verse picks up, and this is going to mention this often throughout the scriptures. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. It's how you entertain people. It's how you, 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 you're, you're willing to welcome them. You're willing to Embrace them. You're willing to. Because there is that possibility that it could be angels. There's that possibility. But could it be that the writer's trying to also get us to understand that how you treat your brother. How you treat your sister. How you treat strangers. Now watch this. If you go back and study of, his, of Israel. And we went through Isaiah. And it was mentioned several times there. But all throughout the Old Testament. He said, hey, Israel. It's how you handled the fatherless and the widows and the poor and strangers. How you responded to them. How you expressed yourself among them. Could that be the reason that James, hey, brother Jesus, writes into us and talks about it. if you see somebody and they come and knock on your door, naked, destitute, without food. And all you do, and you open that door and you just... Say, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. And you just slam the door back in your face. When you have the means sitting on the shelves, when you have the means that you can reach and grab, and just offer to them and hand it to them. <laughs> so, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. I, I, I believe the bonds here, you know, uh, talks about those that's in, in jail. I believe literally. As, but not, that's not the only. I believe there's the types of bondmanship of, of spiritual realms and other areas. 
He goes on and talks about that. He said, them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body with them. As they, they, they suffer with this. They, they struggle with this. And, and so you join up with them. You hook up with them. You bind up with them and, 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 and to, to help them. And so when he's talking about, I, I believe I mean, some of this jail part was those that was thrown into prisons for preaching the gospel, preaching the truth. The book of Acts is full of that happening. Amen. And, and when people desire to start a, a work for God in certain places and cities, uh, amen, how the adversary, how the devil would rise up against them and cause conflict and trouble. Amen. And, and, but, but so here, he, the Hebrews writers help us understand how you join up with them, hook up with them, buy, bind with them. You may not be in the same city, but you pray for that city. You pray for that pastor. You pray for that group of people. When you hear trying times and trying things happen to individuals, you join up and, and and you mention them. Paul talks about, I mentioned them in prayer. I know you and I don't have the ability to call everybody's name and have the time, amen, to pray about everybody. But you know what? Hallelujah. When we hear of things, when it's brought to our attention, could it be that that's a beckoning hand of God? Hallelujah. Trying to get somebody else because there's power where two or three agree upon earth. Hallelujah. Bringing God's kingdom and God's will, amen, to fruition. Hallelujah. To place. Hallelujah. It's not going to happen unless somebody prays. It's not going to happen unless somebody intercedes. It's not going to happen unless somebody stands in the gap. And so that's what we've been called upon. And that's what he's talking about. Amen. To join together. And then he starts dealing with some moral issues and moral situations. Hallelujah. With the world and the times and things that we got to deal with. And so the next verse says, marriage is honorable in all and the bed is undefiled. There is a proper place. Hallelujah. For sexual activities to take place. And that's the only place in the eyes of God. Outside of that, amen, that'll cause you to be, could cause you to be in trouble with God. Okay. It'll cause you to lead. I'm, I'm just be honest with you. America wouldn't be dealing with some issues that she's dealing with and some spirits. I'm telling you, God's dealt with me in the last few weeks. The power, the spirit of iniquity that we're warring against and battling against in the world and the generation that we're living in today. And the more we give ourselves to and the more we're subject to it, the greater it becomes because what you feed, that's what, amen, has the power. And upon this earth, I'd love to tell you, God, amen, God is not the God of this earth. Our God can move in any time, in any circumstance, in any situation. Jesus Christ demonstrated that time after time. And we've seen it happen ourselves. That's the reason when we get the news that there's no hope. No, it's nothing else we can do. That's when we bombard heaven. And understand and come to the realization, God, if you don't step in on the scene, we're hopeless. You got to believe that. Until the cards are played out. And if you've done all that's within your power and your ability. Romans and I chapter talks about Paul wishing he'd become a cursed thing for the, for the sake of Israel. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Just because they was rejecting Jesus Christ and rejecting the gospel. He said, for their sake, he said, if I could just become, but it wasn't going to happen. Neither you, neither I can do that. We got to hold on. You watch this. The first message was ever preached unto the New Testament believers. The, the man called the Apostle Peter. He said, you save yourself from this untoward generation. I'm telling you this morning, this generation's headed in an area and there's a power of darkness and gloomness. Amen. The power of wickedness. Hallelujah. It's blind because the God of this world is blinded to him. But I'm telling you, there is a God and there is a gospel. And if you and I would just plant that in our hearts, our minds, and spirit, and hold on, we can be saved. We can hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But if you think that you and I can live a nonchalant and a half-hearted, hallelujah, and in and out and up and down life and, and finish it out, I beg the difference with you. It's going to take somebody that committed themselves. It's going to take somebody that sold themselves out. Hallelujah. It's going to let God be the God of the hearts and the God of the minds and the God of the souls. Yeah, the affections and the passions. I tell you, God shares his, his loved ones with nobody, with no other affections, with no other passions. That's the reason the writer says, love not this world, neither the things of this world. You've got to love God above everything else, above your own mom and your daddy, your brothers and sisters. The love for them has got to fade in the love of God. That's the world we're in now. That's the world we're in. If we're not careful, 
more possessions we possess, we count that the blessings of God, but we better watch that. Coming so occupied and so caught up and so gone into that, we're going to lose the most precious prize we got. That's that soul. That's soul. That's all. Because we're living in a wicked world. We're living in a generation. And I'm going to just put it this way. They really don't have a clue. Well, they quote scriptures. They talk about the Bible. But the letter killeth. Spirit gives life. Gives, gives the true translation. Or should I say interpretation. Amen. So he goes on, he talks from that. He says, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Let your conversations be without covetousness. Be content with such things as he can. For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Don't, 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 don't get, don't get out, of, out of sorts because you may not be dressing like somebody else or this or whatever it might be. Be content with what you've been blessed with. Be happy with it. Because if you get discontented, you start reaching for things and pulling for things. And if you're not careful, it's the old, the old devil's. I'm going to tell you something now. The devil's not coming in like most people think. But it's not just the devil. It's lust. It's lust. And lust is a lot more than just the way most people think it. Lusting after this, coveting after that, desiring. Remember them which have the rule over you. Watch this. In the end time, he said, it'd be as the days of Noah. There'd be what? Eating, drinking, and giving in marriage. There's really not sin in that. Unless that's all that becomes your life. What's built in the city of Loosedale more than anything else? Two things is increasing the most. Eating places and the hospital. This body belongs to him. You, you and I can no more abuse it in any of those rams and expect God just to turn his head. This is the manual. This is the instructions. And none of us can change it, but I tell you what we all can do. It's obey it and receive the benefits of it. Talks about that. He says. For he hath said. I would never leave thee. Nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say. The Lord. Is my helper. I don't have to fear what man. Now you watch this. What moved Noah. Fear. Most of the time we think of fear. Fear, amen, will cause you to be what? Immobile. Such a terror and a fear can grip you that you can't respond and you can't. But we're talking about a fear of reverence. A fear of awe. A fear that, that by your grace, God, I can move. By your grace, God, I can build an ark. As great as this task is. And as ridiculous as it may look like in the generation that I'm living in. And as sure as they think I'm a total idiot for telling them it's going to rain. I feel you enough not to move. I feel you enough not to act. And so that's where the faith comes in. I fear your word enough that regardless of man's traditions and ideas and opinions, regardless of what grandmas and grandpas and everybody else has done, I got an ear to hear your word. How often does a scripture tell us, he that's got an ear to hear it. You got to have an ear to hear it. And when you got an ear to hear it, it's this God that puts the will and the ability to do it.
That's the reason Noah take on such a task with three boys. There's, there's, there's some, I don't know, might have got help done this. Even the ark talked about that son. But it don't make any difference. I can tell you this much. God calls you. He can equip you. And that, mean, that equipment means whatever it takes. From money to people to knowledge to wisdom to anointing, talent, skills, and ability. But here's what we all got to watch in that. None of those things are God. And none of those things make us God. Holiness don't even make us God. Some people make wholeness out of God. As a God. And they dress it. And a million of miles away from God. Seventh verse says again. Remember, remember. Could that be the reason that we need the renewing of our minds? Because there's something bombarding us constantly. We're living in a generation that's got as much of a mental problem as we do a physical problem. Because the battle's in the mind. Calvary, it's known as the skull in the mind. That's the reason you got to be careful, careful with the idea of these altered minds and altered lifestyles. <laughs> Simply tells us, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Consider the end of their conversation. Conversation actually means your character. It's who you are. It's how you respond. It's how you handle situations. It's, it's, it's not just a conversation. Talks cheap. Actions. It's all about actions. Noah didn't just preach about it and talk about it. <laughs> he was instructing sons what to do. He was making sure we had pitch on the Itch on the outside. Because we got a storm we got to ride through. We got a judgment that we got to ride through. And it's not just a little judgment of a, a, a little storm of a day or two. This thing's got to be designed and built for about a year, a little over. We have to ride it out. Eighth verse says that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Boy, we, 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 we put on that in a lot, don't we? Be not cared about with divers or different or strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. That's, that's where the heart finds the strength. It's, it's established, it's grounded, it's settled by His grace. Not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied them. For we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat. Which served the town. What's he talking about? Go back to Leviticus, the 16th chapter. He talks about the escape goat, the goat, and the altars that's offered there. And how that's taken outside the city. The next few verses talks about that taken out. And that was the procedure under the law to how to sanctify and justify the people. That was the sin offerings that was to be given. And they was and as you practice that and put it into action, Amen. That's what would happen. But now, but now we got a table. Now we got an altar. We got an altar, altar, Amen. That's in the heavens, Amen. That wasn't made by man, but it's made by God. We got a high priest now, and we got a lamb, Amen, and a blood that we call on, and a name that we call on. Hallelujah. That's far better. That they don't have. They don't have the right, Amen, to to petition it. They don't have a right to call on it because they're still practicing the law. They're still following after the new moon and the Sabbath and all those other. things. Thing. So that disqualifies them because they don't believe in the grace. They didn't believe in Jesus Christ. They didn't believe in the anointed one. And because of that now, they're going to by their own means and their own powers try to say, that's what the writer's talking about here. Today, you and I are believers. America is strong believers in the one called Jesus. In the one called the Messiah. Let us go forth, therefore, to him without the camp 
bearing his reproach, talking about the cross for care. Have we no continuing city, but we seek for one to come. By him, talking about Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is what the fruit of our lips given thanks to his name. Regardless of what comes and goes or happens, blessed be the name of the Lord. Great is he and he is worthy to be worshipped and he's worthy to be honored and he's worthy to be magnified. It doesn't matter what comes and goes throughout the weeks and the days. I'm telling you, he's worthy to be worshipped and exalted and magnified. It's not an option. It's a must. It's a must. Focus first. I'm there. You can stand. But to do good and communicate, forget not. Forget not. I'm not asking for a show of hands here. I mean, he's ever been in a, in a situation and after you thought it through, he said, oh, I wish I could do that again. Oh, how I'd handle that so much different. Man, I forgot. I let it slip. When I said to slip, I'm talking about the Word of God. That, that would have, oh, if I'd have just said this. Oh, if I could just. Oh, yeah. I'm top on the list here, so don't. So we've got to have God to help us. And that's what the writer's talking about here. After experiencing all else he's done, written about, as he sums this up now, God help us not to forget. Help us to remember. Help us. You see, that's reason people that deals with emergencies, first aid responders, uh, EMT doctors, whoever, they're so trained, it's so drilled in them that that training takes over. I remember hearing some that, that worked even on their own loved ones and they was questioned. They said, how did you do that? When the time come, that training kicked in and I just simply done what I was trained to do. I blocked everything else out. You and I as Holy Ghost-filled people, by the help of God, we can block out those other voices. We can block out those other spirits. And God, you help us to tap into that one. And that training would kick in. That's the reason it's important to read the Word of God for yourself. Memorize as much of it as you can. Let it be written on the tables of your heart that you might not sin against Him. It's a lack of the knowledge of this word is the reason people use their own opinions. They use their own conscience. But because of lack of this word, your conscience becomes calloused. Your conscience reaches a point in place that's unmovable and untouchable. And you'll just convince yourself and persuade yourself that you're all right. Even though the written word of God said something different. It's nothing but the lie of the enemy. and The false doctrines and false teachers. A man that has indoctrinated them. And I'm telling you that there's only one God. But I'm telling you if they don't have no desire. And only God knows the opportunities. Only God knows. And it's got to be placed in his hand. And that's where you've got to leave it. And then you've got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And God, you help me. You help me be your vessel. And you help me have the courage and do what you want me to do in the time you want me to do it. That's the reason you can't walk in the flesh and the spirit. If we're going to be soul winners, it's because we have purposed in our minds and hearts and spirits to walk in the Holy Ghost. And we hadn't been forgotten. And we didn't let it slip at whatever cost. We held on. Why don't you help us pray tonight, this morning? God's, God's word's been powerful here today. God's presence is here. I've experienced this personally, and I don't mean to bring it up. I don't want to, I'm not trying to open any wounds. But I remember, and I'm not going to name them because I just, but, but I, I preached a few funerals. And I can tell you there's been some. And I told them, I said, this you feel, this atmosphere you feel. 
I said, there's only one God can show up in the face of death. Now the rest of them can show up because they never conquered it. Only Jesus conquered death. Only Jesus spent three days in the grave. And only Jesus can get us from where we at to where we need to be. If you call on him with earnestness and with sincerity, he'll show up. The day you seek him with all of your heart, you'll find him. And nothing can stop him. Not of the past. You brought that out. You say, hey, I'm going to put it on the blood, Jesus. I'm calling on you. Become my great shepherd. Become my bishop. Become my Lord. Because through you, I got a promise of the Holy Ghost. The word of God. God himself promised to whosoever will. Peter said to them that's even far off. That happens to be us. He didn't even realize what he was saying. God had to in the 10th chapter to give him a vision. A man of Carneus and of the Gentile people. It's a promise to us. Lord, we love you this morning. We're so thankful for the word of God that's, that's anchored, that's settled, that's unmovable. We're so thankful for the Holy Ghost and the truth of God and the truth of your love. As you look down upon this service this morning, as you look down upon the souls and the hearts, the lives that have gathered here today, it's your will, it's your, your, your pleasure for us to join together, to bind together. And God, I pray this morning, I pray this morning for every vessel that's in this house, every soul that's in this house would be, would be mildly touched by the word and by your spirit here today. There, there would be a turning point put in their spirit, put in their hearts. There would be that, God. And, and with, like us, as we keep walking, God, you help us, God. You help us to be sold out. You help us to be committed. You help us not to let it slip. Not, help us not to let it, but not to forget I mean, what you'll do, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you are the miracle worker. That you are the door. That you are a present help in the time of trouble. As we lean on you and not our own understanding. As we put our confidence and trust in you. Working on our behalf and working on the souls and the lives that's in this place this morning. I pray for nothing but the Father's will. And each heart and each soul. As you go with us, even throughout this afternoon. Bring us back here tonight. Bring us back into your presence. Bring us back into the power of your love and your word. Amen. To touch hearts and to touch souls. We're going to give you the honor for it. We're going to give you the praise for it. In that precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We love you this morning. Appreciate you. Let me say thanks again as your pastor for your concern and uh, prayers and support. And uh, we, we ask you to continue to do that. Uh, God will just be with us and help us. Um, the wake will be Monday. Ziegler's funeral home from 5 to 8. And then they're going to Bring him having 10 o'clock at Pine Grove from 10 to 11 to 11 o'clock will be funeral service. Uh, he won't be open at Pine Grove. So don't let that shock you. We will have a picture. Uh, but they, are, they will have him open at the wake. Okay? All right. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.